640 Toronto presents Think Tank. Two guests, Toronto's top stories. Now, let's meet the guests. Let's do exactly that. We love this pairing as they both uh, generously donate their time. They're in for us this morning. Anna Bailau is former deputy mayor, mayoral candidate, city councillor. It's great to have you on. I hope you're doing great this morning. Good morning. Good morning, Greg. Doing great. Lovely to have you. And Mohamed Faki, entrepreneur, activist. I saw him in person last week. There's no way you're dressed as nicely this morning as you were last week, Mohamed. There's no way you could look better. But maybe I'm wrong. I'm often wrong, I get told on the regular basis. How, do, how are you dressed this morning? What are you wearing, I'm Mohammed? I'm only asking you that. Oh, I'm shy. I can't. I'm wearing a red pajama, actually. <laughs> That's what I like. That's what I like. Sweat. Listen, until uh, until our boss started coming into the office on Friday, it was sweatpant Fridays here. It was where we were wearing soft pants instead of uh, hard pants and going on a regular basis. By the way, while I've got you, before we get in, there's a couple of heavy things, and we're going to do some fun stuff on, on Think Tank. Mohammed, would you you can't sell beer and wine right now in your stores, right? But I'm sure you saw the news about the beer store. You can't. I can't buy a beer there right now, can I? At Paramount. No, you can't. But oh, you can buy a beer without alcohol if you want. Well, I don't want that. I'm thirsty right now, and it's been that kind of week. Um, would you be excited to sell beer and wine at Paramount if if the government let you? No, I don't. Uh, you don't want to. Uh, we we run a halal uh, restaurant and. Uh, we and a lot of other uh, fast casual restaurants don't actually do that, like Panera Bread, Chipotle. A lot of other restaurants decided to stay out of the alcohol, and that's more comfortable for children accessible when we have uh, yeah, a, yeah, a I guess playground in the restaurant. Oh, okay, yeah, that could get a little. Now, Mucho Burrito, I know, has it. Do you have a Mucho Burrito near where you are? Mm, not beside <laughs> me, but I mean, we have a playground, we really address family and we, we will want to send a message that we welcome the children that's why we put the playground in i got gotcha. you with the halal community uh, as i'm known to be uh i run a halal restaurant uh, we do not uh, mix halal or or cook with the wine or alcohol i got gotcha. you okay okay that's good insight for me to uh, to know going forward all right i want to talk about this tragedy in toronto yesterday i think it's got as many people mad as they are sad uh there's been an older gentleman charged with murder uh by the police um as it just looked like he drove his car um at family members here's the officer on the scene in this case and this is detective sergeant brandon price live on the scene in north york yesterday afternoon we have learned that this was an intentional act on the part of the arrested party we also have received information that the uh parties involved are known to each other so there is no further or ongoing risk to the public and that's what he said yesterday. But uh, Ann Bylaw, let's start with you. You were a city councillor when we had the horrific van attack in the spring of uh, 2017 and 18, rather. And we knew how it made us all feel. And I think we had just for a brief period of time that reaction yesterday to this potential tragedy. Do, do awful stories like this even surprise you anymore? Um, I, I think it always shocks us. Uh, it, you know, it's uh, these are. Uh, stories that affect our communities and and it always makes us stop and think I think in this instance is we don't have a lot of details mm-hmm. yet but we do know that the men um, knew the person so um, is it um, is it you know an instance of domestic violence is it uh, is it uh, mental health we we don't know and I think these are the things that we every time this happens 
we need mm. to, um, to look at the numbers. But not only every time this happens, is how do we become more proactive with some of these things? And, Greg, yesterday I was at the launch of the Vital Signs uh, Report. It's a yearly report by the Toronto Foundation. And they do research every year on things in Toronto. And one of the stats that they, uh, they mentioned yesterday is that one in four Torontonians are reporting major symptoms of depression. Yeah. Yeah. This is, is an increase from one in five uh, in, um, in in the past, right? So 37% of the people in Toronto feel some, some kind of loneliness. So are, are these the things that are leading to some of these actions, to increases in domestic violence, to more mental health uh, challenges that we have? And how do we address that? And that's what's you know, uh, what we, we, we need to be thinking every single day, not only when these uh, tragic uh, accidents happen. It's well said. Mohammed. We, we see stories like this. And we had two last Christmas. We had this horrific incident in Vaughn um, with the, the older man shooting up the condominium. He was killed by police, so he couldn't kill more people. We're still not even at a trial phase yet for the teenage uh, girls that were charged with um, the murder of someone experiencing homelessness. I'll ask you, are we, are we just in this terrible cycle right now where we're, we're getting used to awfulness in our community? Um, I, I don't know what to say. I, I can never get used to something like this ever in my life. I'm very optimistic and I'm always able to see the good in people. Uh, and, and this event keeps surprising me because each and every one of them is different, but they're all tragic in their own way. And I'm still shocked at the crazy, illegal, fatal action of some people out there. Like, how can they even think about this, about doing things like that? It's just horrible, and I will never get used to it for sure. Let's get to um, protests because I did want to talk about that. And we're going to sidle away from the weekend protests. We're seeing stuff happen during the week. We may have seen the footage together of uh, Rick Mercer uh, on stage at the Scotiabank Giller Literary Prize Awards on on, uh, Saturday, on Monday night, I should say. We saw the prime minister harassed while eating in a restaurant in Vancouver. And last night, Anita Anand had an event um, that protesters uh, had an incident outside uh, of. Here's some of the sound from what happened last night in front of the King Edward Hotel in our city of Toronto. We call on MP Anon, Anita Anon, who is right now holding a donor party in this very building. We call on Anita Anon and all her supporters, all of her donors, to take a stand. No business as usual until there is a ceasefire. There's just so much happening um, in our in our universe right now, um, Anna, uh, and, and there was a protester accused of slugging a, uh, slugging a police officer in Vancouver. I thought what happened to uh, Ontario NDP leader Marge Stiles' office in the wake of her dumping Sarah Jamma from caucus that happened hours afterwards was disgusting. I, I'm, I'm worried this seems like this is who we are. I hear that phrase a lot. This isn't who we are. But I also sense the public's losing patience because they want the freedom to go anywhere, say anything, disrupt anyone in private settings. But there are lines, it feels like, that are being blurred and crossed right now. Is the public getting fed up based on your own conversations, Anna? There's a lot of frustration out there. There's no question about it. You know, people are having a hard time, you know, going on their day to day with their own lives, their financial situations, their, you know, uh, the situation that we live in, the global issues, the wars, you know, it, 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 it waits on, on everybody. And I think the frustration is out there. 
Um, but I do agree that that the, the lines are getting, um, you know, people are crossing the lines. I, I think that I'm all for freedom of for freedom of, of speech and people going out there and 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 making their voices heard. And uh, but you know, when you start attacking polices or, or police officers mm-hmm. or you know what happened to Merit Stiles, you know. Uh, um, uh, office and uh, I, I think that is crossing the line. I think there that uh, that uh, understanding the frustrations and obviously we, people are out there almost every day nowadays. Uh, but I think we need to think more of how do we come together? How do we become more effective? How do we mm-hmm. um, make sure that people that we bring the temperature down so we can actually talk about the solutions uh, and, and, and see each other's points of view. I think we need to move into that more and more. I think these kinds of approaches and, 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 and the mm-hmm. language that is used and the physical abuse that is used, it's just going to raise the temperature. Mohammed, what, what are you seeing? You say you're a hopeful guy. Where are we at right now? Well, I, I think more uh, than these things go on and the killing go on and all these problems happening in the Middle East, people are feeling that they can... Uh, they're allowed to do more and cross more lines. Look, no one condones uh, violence for sure. And uh, people can express uh, what they have to say, but has to be always in a civil manner. You've heard me saying before, people have the right to protest and will always defend that. But as well, it cannot. it's okay that we can make each other feel a little bit uncomfortable, but cannot cross to safety, to hate. It cannot cross the line to making people uncomfortable. And the other side, on the other side, in democracy, people are allowed to go, and including the prime minister, have a meal and have a break. He's a human as well. But people are feeling hurt with some of what's happening. People have uh, family members uh, that they're getting killed or hearing about family mm-hmm. members of their friend getting killed, and they feel like they can uh, do all this. But I'm, I'm here to say, no, they cannot. Uh, they could express their voice and in a very, very civil manner. And it's rightfully so that they they will do that while they respect yeah. other people's life too. Let's move to this because I'm really curious to get your read on it. And Anna, especially your expertise being a former deputy mayor of a major international city like Toronto. So Chinese President Xi Jinping's in San Francisco for an economic summit. It's a bit of a, a stark um, thing to watch on video when there's limousines coming, bring him in. There's people waving Chinese flags, um, welcoming him. Prime Minister Trudeau's there as well. I don't love that it's a North American economy for now. I think we'd admit reliant on a good trade relationship with China. Even if it's not a good diplomatic relationship, goods and services go back and forth. So I'm no expert on trade, but how how do you view it? Do it, Some people say the less we do with China in Canada or in the city of Toronto, the better. But I don't know if that's economically possible. Where do you weigh in on that? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, this is a relationship that has to be managed very, very, very carefully. The reality is that, you know, our, our goods and things that we buy and use in our homes every day, a lot of it uh, and the price of it is, is uh, dependent on, on the relationship that we have in China. A lot of it comes from China. So that balance needs to be kept. Um, that is why it is important for our Canadian government to diversify and to, you know, get into trade agreements with uh, um, uh, other countries and other parts of the world. You, it was really important, uh, the, the free trade agreement that was signed with uh, with the European Union, the relationship that we have with uh, with uh, South America as well and, and with the states. I mean, we don't want to be 
dependent, but we also have to recognize that uh, uh, China is uh, an economic power and it's a relationship that needs to be carefully uh, managed, um, given the political uh, realities of that country as well. Right. So, you know, we have to balance that very carefully. Mohammed, it's the second biggest trading partner Canada has. And I think we'd all look inside our clothes or as, as Anna, you know, rightly pointed out, we could look at our furniture. We could look at a bunch of stuff in our house, our electronics and say it'll say made in China. And until we find a better way with people hurting financially right now and and trying to save every dollar they possibly can just to survive, it's a tough ask for individuals to separate a relationship from China, but our government seems to, federal government seems to have increased the trade with China over the years. Will you ever ask an easy question, Greg? You started with what I'm wearing and this one now. I mean, I'm hoping for one Thursday morning, an easy question. All right, diet, diet pop or regular pop? That's coming. I, I, we'll, we'll do, that's all we'll do next week, I promise. I want to do that stuff also again, believe me. There is no easy answer to this. Look, I think the test needs to be how large is the benefit of Canada and does that make it worthwhile for us? We are a trading nation, and that's one way we create wealth here in our country and for Canadians, well, which is great, but obviously not at any cost. And But where do you draw the line? And often difficult to get, it's often difficult to get it exactly right. Yeah. I, am, I am against any violation of a human right, and I am all for finding ways to replace those businesses and that wealth if we can. But it's very difficult to say that. It's easier said than done. So we need to find a way to strike that balance and try to do it right. All right, let's move to the city. And I think uh, Anna's going to knock this one out of the park um, because she would have been a counselor when this uh, got going. And the taxi cab industry had a major problem. They really wanted to prevent and block and delay Uber and Lyft and rideshare licenses. But the city's moved very quickly already capping this limit at 52000 for Uber and Lyft. They say there's environmental concerns. They say there's congestion concerns. But we're learning now, Anna, that there's major rideshare demand in Scarborough outside the city to get into the city. Some of that's transit issues, certainly in a place like Scarborough. So I, I want to know, because I haven't asked you yet, what do you think of this policy from the city and capping this number um, in Toronto? Of You cannot right now, as of this day, get an Uber or Lyft license to drive in Toronto. Yeah, I, I think we did, Greg. Actually, I think we 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 talked about this uh, when when this was at council. Mm-hmm. I remember us discussing the fact that there's no data. Like, where's the data to to say the the impacts that this is going to have on the industry? Right? What what is this going to do now? To, uh, to the people that rely on this uh, form of transportation. And yes, there's a lot of transit being built in the city. We're fortunate for that, even though it gives us a lot, a lot of headaches now during construction time. Mm-hmm. But, but there's a lot of, uh, of transit that is going to be built. But a lot of people rely on the uh, on, on ride shares like Uber and Lyft and, and taxis. There's a balance that needs to, to happen. Absolutely, we need to take in consideration the the uh, environmental issues, issues and so on. But one of the points that was made when this was at council was uh, the impact that this was going to have in certain parts of the city. 
that we were going to see people right away. And while the discussion happened, they were alerted for the fact that this could reduce the amount of uh, drivers that we had and create actually um, a, a vacuum and a service uh, in certain parts of the city. And, and I guess that's, that's what we're seeing right now. Um, the, this decision was done without having any consultation, without having the conversations with the stakeholders. And, and I think it was rushed into it and we're seeing the results of it. Mohammed, it's obviously a big issue. There's cab drivers that didn't want Uber and Lyft to come here, but there's people that now maybe it's a second income. Again, we're we're struggling for uh, for every penny and every dollar sometimes, um, and uh, and the city seems to be limiting that clearly. Um, but there, as as Anna said, there's no numbers to document any environmental harm, any congestion issues, and the like. But the city moved really fast on this. What do you think? Well, I'm very comfortable in saying that we should make sure that the city allow enough licenses to meet demand. Look, why would we constrain people's ability to get around the city, spend money in the city? And that's a basic need, especially in places that's not served by transit. And, you know, let's be smart on this. And beyond the fact I'm a guy that, you know, I lived in a basement, I worked as a dishwasher, I've done it all to, to start my life. Yes, I, I accept the idea that they're building transit, but the people who need to get around, get to their work, they need a solution today, not when the transit is built. So for every day that they need it and when they're out of work or sorry, when there's a problem in transit, uh, in public transit, they need to jump in, a, in an Uber, Lyft, whatever it is, and get to work. We need to have enough license out there to meet the demand. That's it. Yeah. And what's your recollection of what that was like in, in 2016? It was it felt really contentious, didn't it, with uh, with the cab companies? And, and obviously Uber's going to lobby um, the, the mayor, John Tory at the time. Um, but I think most people have taken to the business. Some people like having it as a second income. Nobody's making anybody drive. And it gave the consumer more options out there on the streets of Toronto. Yeah. And, and it was the the. Uh flexibility with the consumer. We heard from consumers as well. It was not only the companies, mm-hmm. it was the consumers that actually, uh, they like the service, uh, they like the flexibility that it gives them, uh, and the availability of, uh, you know, of, of having those many drivers out, out there. And so um, it, it, w- it, was, it was out there. So are we going to kill this, this, this business and this services for Torontonians, or we're going to embrace it and create regulations. I think a lot of councillors at the time, that's what we thought is that this is, this is that there is a service that consumers enjoy. Let's make sure that it's uh, that we create the regulations to, to thrive in a fair way uh, in mm. the system that already exists with, uh, with cabs. That that's what it's uh, what, what, what we, we tried with the 2016 regulations. Now, obviously, regulations and industries evolve, and sometimes they need to be uh, to uh, to adapt to the to new realities. Uh, but it, it's not. I don't think the way to do it is to rush into these very drastic measures to cap licenses and then go study. And that and that's the most amazing thing is that they cap the licenses without knowing the impact that this was going to have in the services um, in the city. And then they're going to study, take a year or 24 months, whatever. I can't recall now the time we, we talked about this before, but it was like yeah. such a long time to come back with the result. Well, after you've impacted the industry, so you're and then what you're going to study it again? Because now it's a different kind of a solution that you might need because yeah. the problems might be totally different. Yeah, it's it's end of twenty four, so yeah, you'll have fourteen months of data, but you've you've absolutely changed the industry, changed the environment. Yeah, yeah, we are already seeing the impact that this is having. You're having parts of the city that is that is is not having drivers, so. 
Yeah, I think there's Scarborough numbers coming next week based on how many people are using it and demanding it um, based on, in essence, no train service anymore coming in uh, with the Scarborough line with the, with the, with the uh, derailment in the summer. And then they just shut it down. I know it was getting shut down anyway, but it ends up being an issue. And I want to stay with you here because this is where I, I hit you with. And it's a compliment to your thorough campaign that you ran for mayor. This probably wasn't one of the first 10 or 12 things that was on your mind in terms of doing for the city right now. I'm not saying it's frivolous. It's got its purpose. But this probably wasn't on your radar as something Mayor Bailau would have done right away. Um, no, I, I think that, um, you know, the, the focus on, on the transit Mm-hmm. Yes, <laughs> um, but the focus on the uh, the ride share was uh, definitely not something mm-hmm. that uh, that especially capping the uh, the uh, the number of licenses and and Scarborough, like you said, you know they're they're facing some challenges. Uh, uh, it, it, in my opinion, there it's always been transit deficiency. That's why I I always supported the expansion of the subway uh, to that part of town because I. I always believed it was really important to connect Scarborough to the city through the subway system. Um, the, the SRT now has been decommissioned, and yes, there's buses, but it's a very different service that you provide when you have um, that those amount of, of buses versus an SRT. Yeah. So it's going to take some time until that is done on a separate line, and and the service uh, is going to be as reliable and as fast as it was with the SRT. So so there's there's a lot of challenges with uh, transit and. In Scarborough, there's some investments being done, but it's what Mohammed and you were saying, right? It's going to take time, right? There's yes, yeah. there's the Ontario line, yes, there's the Eglinton East LRT, but all that is going to take time to get built. And so, what do we do right now? How do we make sure that people have that access to uh, to move around, to to go to their job, to go to their universities, uh, to go yeah. to uh, to to where they need to go? Yeah, and Saturday, um, I, I mentioned it Monday, but Saturday the streetcar wasn't running from Young to Exhibition. You got the Royal winter fair on the argos were playing it was just just a circus i want to i want to spend just another quick 40 seconds each on on uh, this um unsettling footage we saw of an air canada flight the pilot did an amazing job landing nobody injured there were 373 passengers on board coming from tokyo to toronto this is a simple question muhammad are you a good flyer do i want to be next to you are you a panicky guy on an airplane how are you on those planes well, I act like I'm not, but <laughs> that's all that matters. You got to fake it till you make it. That's good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I try not to show it on my face, but I feel it in my stomach always. But that, that will never ever stop me from flying. I love flying, and I have to fly always. And I think you know, uh, when something like this happens, it is terrifying. But I won't stop flying. Pretty. How's how's Anna Bailao as a flyer? Do you grip the uh, grip the the seats a little tight sometimes when you get a sudden drop or anything like that? I love overnight flights so I can sleep the whole thing through. That's all I say. Yeah. <laughs> I'm uh, the guy that doesn't sleep and I watch everybody if they're sleeping or not. Yeah, yeah. When, yeah, that, that's a good point. I, I figure when babies are crying, they know something that I don't. So it, it, I, since becoming a parent, I'm like, I've evolved. I don't get as annoyed. But if they're continually crying, I'm like, what are they trying to tell me here? Loved having you both in this morning. Thank you so much for the time and your expertise. We always have great insight from both of you. So I appreciate it. More than you know. Thanks. Thanks, Greg. Thank you. Good morning. There's uh, Anna Bailao, Mohammed Faki on Think Tank.